الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولاه Welcome everybody to the Safina Society Nothing But Facts live stream Did miss yesterday but we are back today uh, and um, that was the, the, the medical situation that, uh, that occurred and it happens and, but we're back today and we got four segments today Segment number one, I want for those who are Madiki students out there, students of Madiki Fiqh, to pay, pay close attention, pay very close attention, so that you can listen, uh, watch what I'm going to show you and benefit. So, there are a couple different uh, books uh, that I'm going to present to you today. The first one is Al-Akhdari which is called Fiqh 101, Prayer and Purification. This is your number, your first Madiki Fiqh book. Okay, and you can get it on, online. Is my mic off? No, that was low, I just put it up. Okay, my mic is good now? It was, it's on the same time. All right, good. So I said that we have four segments. This is our first segment, and it's a display of different Madiki texts. So this is the first book that you want to get, Sheikh Ramin Sur's very, very thorough book. Um, using Metan al-Akhdari on Tahara and Salah. The way that we study Fiqh is we study these Mutun. Each Metan covers maybe 75, there's an overlap of 75%. Why would I do that? You still do that anyway because that 75%, you need to reread it to benefit. And there's always something a little bit slightly different okay, and beneficial. For example, Akhdari, Metal Akhdari, I don't go by his um, his methodology of Salat al Sujud al Sahu. I don't go by his Sujud al Sahu. His Sujud al Sahu is it's, it's complicated the way he does it. I go by Ibn Ashr's method of Sujud al Sahu. Okay? So that's the first book. The second book, alright, is the next level is Al Murshid Al Mu'in. Okay. And this book here is Ibn Ashr. This is the next book. Ashmawiya, we're totally. We have guests. Inshallah. Sister, Salam, your name is Brother. Where are you guys coming from? San Francisco. San Francisco, mashallah. How is that? How is it out there? It's pretty good. And what do you guys do out there? Uh, Software engineers from San Francisco. Really smart people in the room, folks. Uh, what company? UKG. Both of you. Amazon is in San Francisco, not in uh, Washington State. There's ever there got everywhere. And UKG does what? United uh, Kingdom. Payroll systems. Okay. So are you competitive with uh, what is the other payroll system that everyone uses? Yeah. ADP Workday, UKG, just all. All right. Give me your advice. Which one is really the best one for a small company? For a small company, I think UKG is good. Turn these gentlemen's mic on, please. And sister, you can take the pillows and stack them in front of you. And put the mic on, so you'll be on. Uh, yes, you're happy to see, comment on from Instagram. You're happy to see the black turban. It's not the same exact one, right? But it does the job. 
Okay, so turn it real quick. Uh, turn Hey, turn their mic on and uh, make sure their mic is on and it's loud enough because we got two software engineers here from Facebook. Uh, I mean, from San Francisco. Come if, take a seat. What's happening, man? Studio is packed today with people. MashaAllah. How's life with you? It's good. Are you doing good? Yeah. Aren't you a software engineer too or are you a business yes, guy? Software engineer. These are the people going to hook you up with a job. Okay. <laughs> uh, so... Which who is really the best for a small business? ADP for payroll. I think all the three does so many good things. Uh, UKG and Excel because I work there. Yeah. We have really good discounts for the small companies, and we have a really good solution for healthcare. So healthcare. Yeah. Like insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we need. So that's something we need to do soon. All right. You. Can, it's all right. Amazon. What do you do with Amazon? Um, I work at Euro, which is a white. Here, turn it. Yeah. I work at Eero, which is a Wi-Fi router um, subsidiary owned by Amazon. Oh, okay. I work on Wi-Fi routers. So this company made routers, and then Amazon ate, ate them up. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's really good. So you're uh, like, so what's the router? There's like, it's a special router or what? Um, yeah, they're for like bigger homes or something. So it's like you know, you're in like a big powerful, house. more powerful router. Big home, you're like, oh, the Wi-Fi router's all the way here. Ooh, you okay. That's really good. That's really good. We could we we could have used that a while back because our uh, Wi-Fi was always shutting out because it was it was weak. But then I think we did get a strong Wi-Fi. But if you have any one of those extras, we'll take one. It's our it's the physical router. Yes, physical router. That is just stronger than all other routers. That's really good. It's one of the first companies that started the mesh routing, mesh network. Mesh. It's called mesh Wi-Fi. Why is it mesh? Mm. So how does this work? So they produce it, and then on Amazon.com, Amazon will bump it up since it's their product, right? Okay. Yeah, bump it up. Okay, this is really good. So their mic is on, right? Okay, good. All right. So introductions. Your name again is Mudathir. Asra. Asra. Omra Basi, behind the the terminal. We got Habib also behind the terminal. And we got here. Introduce yourself to these gentlemen. My name is Fadil. Fadil. Yeah. Fadil's been around for a year or so. Almost about a year, right? About a year. Yeah. Good, good, good. So he's a software engineer, so you can get him a job out in San Francisco. Just make sure that you avoid the human wastes because people are defecating all over the place. Yeah. The, 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 there's a place that's so much shar, so much evil, as you know, spawns out of there. So Allah sent them a legion, an army to people to, to defecate all over it. That's just me being a bit harsh there. But, all right, let's get back to what we were talking about. Medici Fiqh texts. These are all the English translations. Now, here is the metan only of Ibn Ashir. And this is the number one, okay, the number one uh, intro text in Medici Fiqh. It covers Aqidah, it covers the five pillars of Islam, and it covers Tasawwuf, okay? It covers Tasawwuf. All right, and this is, all right, Nadizi, I'm going to answer your question in a second. And Ali Raghib, I'm going to ask your, your question too. Just give me a second, finish this segment, and then we'll do that. So this is a beautiful, by Diwan Press, uh, publication, pocket size. You memorize the metan, and it gives you the translation. That's it, metan and translation. All right? So that's very good. Now, you take, you're going to read the book. You're going to read the commentaries too. You need to, any book that you have, you, you see why the traditional way they're, they're very strong? Because they read a book, then they read two, three commentaries on it. It just makes sure there's no holes. 
and they also show them where there's a dispute in the met, uh, in the method. Sometimes a scholar puts something in the metan that's actually disputed. So the next one is Ali Laraki puts a short commentary and he has a different way of categorizing the book with tables, lists, and, and things like that. Okay. All right. So this is another good book because, but where's the shortfall of this book? No Arabic. There's no Arabic in this book. Okay. So that's the difference. That's why every publication is a little bit different. You should never say, oh, I have a, a shot of this. Yeah, but every shot is going to be slightly different. Here, stick that in the front there so we can... I like the way it looks when it's coming out like that. Okay, so that's another book. And this one was published by um, Meme Institute. All right, the letter meme, not internet memes. Okay, so that is the third book that we're talking about. Now we go to yet another sharh uh, of Ibn Ashir. And this is called The Guiding Helper. This is one of the first ones. But uh, I'm not 100% a fan of this book simply because of the, um, the production style. However, I am a fan of it in that the sharh of the book is in the footnotes. Right? But again, no Arabic. Right, so this is the guiding the guiding helper by Abu Qanit is Sharif al Hassani. Okay, he's clear. It sounds like a Moroccan name that he's from. You know the or the uh, main family of Ahlul Bayt there, uh, the Shurafa, who are um, from Muli Idris, the Idrisis. Sounds like that. Okay, another excellent. A lot of work was put into this one. Now we get to the mammoth and the behemoth uh, uh, of, of all of the shuruhat by Ahmed ibn Bashir al-Qalawi al-Shinqiti. Look at the size of this commentary on al-Murshid al-Mu'in. Now this has very deep commentary, okay? Yet at the same time, it does have the Arabic. So you do see a line here. In Arabic, you can see the Arabic right there. And then all of the next page and a half is the translation and the commentary. Extremely useful. You look and you say, this, oh, I'm never going to read all these books. You never read the whole book cover to cover. But you pick it up. When you see a book, read a line or two. Okay, You pick it up and you read a line or two from the book. And that's how you become a reader. People see these books and say, oh, who's going to read all these books? No. Secondly, reading is different. It's something that when you walk into your, lo- your, your, your home library, you don't want it to be predictable. You want it to be like, I didn't even realize I had this book, right? So you buy the books, you read them in due time. And the way we live today, we graze. No one is going to read a book cover to cover. It just doesn't happen in regular life unless you're someone special, right? But in general... You're going you're gonna to have a mas'ala. Someone's going to ask you a question. And you know where the book is. When you, when you read a book, first thing you do in it, okay, uh, is look at the index. Okay? Look at the index. or the, uh, Sorry, the contents. Table of contents. That'll give you a good idea of what the, uh, is covered in the book. And the best table of contents is a table of contents that has all the subsections as well, not just the chapters, okay? 
It's a very, very good table of contents here. Okay. Now they, he does something in Tasawwuf that really sort of is an, is is bothersome, which is the subsection here on principles of Tasawwuf is section one, section two, section three, like where there's no subtopic, and sometimes there's too much to put a subtopic. All right, so uh, same thing with where is Risalat al Mustarshidin? You see this book here, Risalat al Mustarshidin by Al Muhasibi. Um, the, the the table of contents is simply section one, section two, section three, section four, right? Which is really like useless, essentially. Just chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, with no, not even the main thing. Like surahs in the Quran have so many things in it, right? In one surah, but the biggest theme is oftentimes the title of the surah. So just give give me the biggest theme at least. So he didn't do that. So this is an extremely important book. Uh, on the Risala of, and he goes into Khalil, he goes into Ibn Hattab, Nafrawi, Ibn Arafa, Mawak. I mean, you're going, you're going to read so many commentaries or perspectives. Okay. All right. I don't want to read just something out of the blue because it may not make sense. But he does give you what Khalil says, Hattab says, Tunsi says. Okay. Amazing work. And again, this is from DYN Press. This is translated by Abdullah Yate. And the author, of course, this is originally an Arabic book, Ahmed ibn al-Bashir al-Shinqiti. And the translator, again, Abdullah Yate, which is there from the Habibia or the followers of Abdul Qadir, you know, from Norwich. You know about him. If you go on to a, a website called... It's like a Netflix, a Muslim version of a Netflix called Alchemia. Alchemia. They have a documentary there on the Norwich Norwich community. All right, next. The Ashmawiya, Sheikh Harun is working on the translation for that. We didn't ha- present anything in English for that. Akhdari, we presented one. Ibn Ashir, we presented one translation of the Metan, then one, two, three commentaries. Okay. And of course, the best one being the one translated by Abdullah Yate, uh, and Islam in the School of Medina. It's called. That's the best one because it has the Arabic, and it has a massive commentary. Okay, the other ones have commentary but no Arabic. I think one of them, yeah, commentary no Arabic. Next level, put a line after Ibn Ashir. Okay, next level after that, you're going to study the intermediate works, and I like to look at the intermediate works as being t- two of my favorite works in the intermediate of the Maliki school is a risala of Ibn Abi Zaid and Al-Amrusi okay, which is officially titled Muqaddimat Qaribat al-Masalik in the Madhab al-Imam Malik al-Mukhtasir al-Shaykh Khalil al-Mishaq al-Jindi okay, or al-Jundi lima bihi al-Fatwa fil Madhab al-Maliki now what is the difference between the two firstly a risala is very early on and it's like a blessed text those early, early on books, there's some barakah to them. That's why they've lasted all this time. Number two, the the methodology is on the old method, which is it's not like lists and charts and conditions and preconditions. It just it's as if Sheikh is just talking, right? And he gives you the ruling and he gives you then uh, how to do it. He tells you how the act is performed, okay? And that's something that in the books, the other books of fiqh are just lists. They don't have that. Okay, but 
tells you how the book is, how, how it's done. Thirdly, he has a, uh, uh, in the Risala, he, there are matters that are not the mashur of the madhab. For example, he teaches, and I took this for a long time because that this is, I did Ibn Ashir, Akhdari, Risala, right away. And, I, and, and for a long time, I had stopped there. There were things in them that are not mashur. For example, he, he teaches by the saying of the eight places where Salah is forbidden. But the Madikiyah, they don't consider that hadith strong enough for evidence, right? And they only say that the only place that you cannot pray is where there's physically najasa on you, right? And then going above the Kaaba is makru, okay? Because it's just not respectful. Praying in the camel grazing grounds, it's not that, it's that it's not safe. The camel grazing ground is not safe. Camels are rough animals. So so that's it. Uh, graveyard of the mushrikeen, no, we can pray there, right? So other things like that. So I was saying that and teaching that for years until I realized, no, the Risala has in it that's not that which is not mashur, okay? So this book is purely a translation. Only the prayers and the dua and the ayats of Quran, some, some of them, are translated. Otherwise, it's just straight text. No lists either. You don't... Ibn Abi Zaid, his book read, just reads like a paragraph rather than lists. Okay? So that's, that's one thing. Okay? So if you want to read a fiqh book in the form of a regular book with paragraphs, this is the book for you. Okay. Now... What is, I believe, in terms of learning and knowledge, better even, more useful for us, but it's not translated, is Qaribat al-Masarik, which is also known as Al-Ambrusi. Okay. And why do I love this book? He literally takes Mukhtasar Khalil, which is the book of fatwa, and he like highlight, delete, highlight, delete, highlight, delete, until he breaks it down to the bare bone of what the intermediate student needs to know. On all the abweb. Notice, these two books, why are they different? Why did we put a line after Ibn Ashir? Because these two books cover mu'amalat. The intro only covers Tahara, Salah, Saum. That's Ashmawiyah. Akhdari. He gives you some nasiha in the beginning, spiritual advice. Then Tahara, Salah. Stop. Ibn Ashir, Aqidah, Tahara, Salah, Saum, Zakah, Hajj, Tasawwuf. Stop. Right? And then now we get to the books that have Mu'amalat. Risalat ibn Abi Zayd. And then you go, and then I love, I love this book. And I, I open this book and I read something from it daily, like I would, even if it's like one line. Okay. And he takes the language of Khalid. So if you study this work regularly, you're going to pick up on like, are you Maliki or Hanafis? Hanafis. Hanafis. Okay. I'm surrounded by Hanafis here. This is all useless to them. But at least you have a clue what we're doing here, right? And and most of our stream is what? Ahnaf? Probably, if it's from England. All right. So that is, and look how wajiz it is. Thin. Gives you the bare bones, right? The, not the not bare, the basics. You take, you, you get good at these texts, you'll be now strong enough to study Aqrab al-Masalik. Okay? Aqrab al-Masalik. All right. And that is... Also, the higher level book that once you you put a line there, and now you get to the higher level books. Akrab al-Masarik, Mukhtasar Khalil. Okay, some in Egypt they tend to just stop at Akrab al-Masarik. 
Like most of the Egyptian Malikis I studied, they didn't study Khalil. Aqr bin Masalik is probably, I would say, uh, or Sheikh Rami told me it's almost maybe 50% of what's in Khalil. Right? So Khalil gives you more, but Aqr bin Masalik is uh, enough these days. And then after that, you train to be a mufti in new matters. Okay? Even after Aqr bin Masalik. Waqar Hussein, marhaban bik. All right, now listen up. The question for uh, someone had left a question on Instagram. Can they come? Here's the thing: it's a small studio. Sister can come if she has like a mahram with her, or if like let's say, if my wife comes, then another sister can come, um, because it's a very small space. It would be uncomfortable. So here we have, for example, husband and wife. If you have brother and sister, or if you have one mahram and then a guest, right? Uh, so that it's not comfortable But we are, where are we? We're in New Brunswick We're in the Cocina So if you go to La Cocina 367 on Instagram We're in the third floor La Cocina 367 Because the address is 367 Right? Somerset Street So go to Instagram La Cocina 367 And you'll see it there That's what our, stu- that's what our, our place looks like And we're at the third floor all right, that's segment numero uno. Are there any questions on segment number number one? Okay. Uh, a lot of brothers are saying Suraj Asadik, Muqaddimat al-Aziyah. Yes, all those are, are, are other books that can that you can add there. Yes, go ahead, brother. Uh, it's not about the Maliki folk, more of, uh, since we brought up Risale, uh, have you read this Risale Noor by Badu Zaman Sayyid Nursi? The Risale Nur is a book in Tafsir al-Quran and Aqidah and Contemporary Issues. Yeah. And mingled with it's a soul perspective, yes. What are your reflections? I didn't read it, but I heard. I never heard anyone say except that they loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what else we got? Um, which book? Uh, Amrusi, Qaribatul Masalik, Ila Madhab al Imam Malik. Who? I don't know, to be quite honest with you. I do not know. I don't know if it's popularly taught anywhere. What else we got? Ah, that's going to be comedy. That is going to be a comedy. That's going to be comedy. Javad, do you just want to just get yourself pummeled? What is happening? Ask me first before you do things like this. Because, um, yeah, I saw it. Dramatic. It's like a UFC commercial, right? Yeah. He said traditional Islamist versus... (laughs) Reformist. That's the stuff uh, I always felt Hakikachu should do and he's good at. And better than anyone else at, to be quite honest with you. Debating these reformists and kafirs and zindiks and non-believers and whatever you want to put Javad in as a, as a reformer or uh, someone who has gone against many explicit texts, which we call that zandaka. Okay, but so that's what he's good at. And again, I've said it many times. The one thing that 
is objectionable is either a misrepresenting somebody and you misrepresent somebody by omission. Okay. You can misrepresent someone by omission by saying he said this, but you didn't omit that maybe he took it back. Right. And then secondly, like when someone slips up to take that little hole in their cloth and tear it and make it, Hey, everyone look at this mistake. Look at this terrible thing that also we got to look at that and consider that. Otherwise, when he debates these people, get the popcorn ready, folks. What time is it? Friday night? It's going to be like five hours. Uh, they're going to go on forever. I know this. I just want the other stuff to the 30 second clips on Twitter. Right. That's it. All right. Let's now go to segment two. What is segment two? These people went down to see the Titanic in a little vessel this size. You see, see you, you in the studio, you can't, uh, uh, viewers can't see this, but right. Maybe there's five more feet this way, five more feet this way, and there may be seven feet out. It's a little squ- rectangle square that we're sitting in, okay? And we have couches all around it on the floor couches. So, hey, what's happening? Floor a little now that submarine that they went down in is this size, and they're like, you know, like uh, in the Olympics, there's a sport where they sit behind one another and they go down the toboggan or whatever it's called, right? You seen that winter Olympic sport? It's like sledding, right? Bobsled. The bobsled, it's like two, three people sitting in the thingy and they go down, they're literally sitting like that in a in this in this submarine, and there are five of them. They went down two and a half miles down into the water, right, to, to see where there, there's no visibility, first of all. So I'm, tr- I'm trying to understand the, the, the point of this, the, the whole trip. There's no visibility. The window's this big. You go down, the guy turns his lights on, and you get to look at the wreckage of the Titanic. That's what they wanted to do. And this was the 35th or 36th mission that this sub had done. And it's 250K per person. And it's about a four-hour trip. You go down for an hour. You drive around like a rover, like uh, at the bottom of the sea with the flashlight. And you look out the window and you see the Titanic. Okay? And something terrible happened where it's lost. And they had... Three days of oxygen. This is day three. Right? So a remote operated vehicle discovered debris in the search area, but it was not clear whether it was connected to a submarine that disappeared on Sunday or not. Because this is right up there with the Malaysia airline flight. You guys know about that, right? That happened, what, before COVID by a year and a half or something before COVID? And that just flight just disappeared. Right? Right? just uh, disappeared okay the united states coast guard updated the world via twitter that a debris filled a field was found in the search area by a remote operated vehicle okay another remotely controlled deep sea vehicle is en route to the search area okay so we where are we talking we are talking right off the coast of uh 
east coast of the United States, right under Newfoundland in Canada. Okay. So that's where the, the wreckage, all right, the Titanic wreckage is about two and a half miles because a mile is 5,700 feet. Am I right? So 12,500 feet is about two, two, two and a half miles, right? Fair to say that. Okay. And that's where, and so they're, they're somewhere there in Atlantic. All right. And two of them are from Pakistan. Okay. University of Glasgow okay, confirmed that their student, Suleiman Daoud, a 19-year-old, was on board and he is missing. And his father is missing with him. Okay. He is a sophomore in college, essentially. All right. They tweeted, we are very concerned about Suleiman, his father, and the others. Okay, who else is there? All right. Who else is there? The most knowledgeable person about the Titanic is also there. He, this is his 36th dive. Okay. So there's no news. They found some wreckage. That's it. All right, the senior British naval submariner, uh, Richard Kintheria, has been assigned to the search and rescue mission. All right, so the British are out there. The Americans are out there. All right, and just to give you an idea, here is what the, um, the submarine looks like in comparison to humans. Like, you'll see people sitting next to it, so you get a, a reference point. In, as a re- with reference to the size of people, this is what the submarine looks like, okay? It can f- almost, it definitely can fit in here. I was thinking the other day, okay, do you want to, if you're going to be stuck somewhere, would you want to be stuck in space, in water, or in the desert? Or in the Amazon rainforest? Pick one. Which one would you rather be? Maybe Amazon. I'm going to take Amazon, no doubt about it. Easy. Because let's check off what human needs are. Water. Air first. Water second. Food third. Safety fourth. Right? I would say safety is fourth. You can't... So, uh, down in the water, you don't have any of these. (laughs) Up in space, you have one out of the four. You're safe. There's no uh, predators in space. But you don't have air, water, or food. Right? In the desert, you don't have um, predators. Pretty much, you don't have predators. You have air, but you don't have water or food. So I'm going to have to say the Amazon because I got three out of four there. I got air, water, food, okay? But I am not safe. There are jaguars. There are wild boars. There are bugs. There are diseases that for us, at least, things that would kill us. We're weak. Human being is such a weak creature. It's unbelievable. All right, here's another look, okay? That's another look, all right? Uh, And here are the two. I don't know why they're highlighting these two. They're not highlighting anybody else. A man and his father, okay? This guy is a, a a billionaire guy in the textile business, okay? All right, 48-year-old, 19-year-old son, 
and you know they went on this trip any other news on this thing Yeah. Someone was saying um, that's with five people, right? Breathing. So someone was thinking, like, what if they ended up killing one of them? So they get more air. They get more air. Like but then they're going to breathe poisoned air very soon. Yeah. yeah Bro, they're breathing poisoned air as is because in 24 hours, you're going to urinate and defecate. This is a miserable death for them. If they, if they're, whatever it is, it's miserable. Because people are defecating. People are uncomfortable. You can't stretch your feet. People are moaning. People are going These are people who paid a $250,000 ticket. These are not roughing it types, right? They will be complaining within the first minute. Now, imagine you're the, you're the owner of the company, and he's there. The owner goes down. This is a small company, right? The owner goes down. Imagine the, the, they'd kill him. But we just don't know what happened. Did he get hit by a fish? knocked out they could have it could have been hit by a fish and they could have just been knocked out of the ship completely it could have been hit by something or they could have hit a rock and the thing opened up and they just drowned right there on the spot Be- yeah if not anything they will just die die by the pressure as soon as it bear pressure yeah pressure now that three days is going to be and knowing knowing that that is extremely uh miserable way to die and by the way, let's say you hit down the bottom and the thing opens. Your body have to go up two and a half miles. You, your lungs may burst just from that, right? Wouldn't it? Because you, you, you may die of uh, not, being able, uh, not being able to breathe just from that. All right, here's another passenger, Paul Henri Nargiolet. That's my attempt to speak Spanish, uh, French. Okay. French maritime expert. He's been on 35 dives to the Titanic wreck site. And he's one of the five. Okay. He's 77 years old. How how, um, much can he bear this? How much, uh, how many um, months or years before there's a Titanic, uh, there's a Netflix documentary on this? They're they're making it right now. They're making it right now. Yeah, they're going to make it either way. Terrible situation, man. Really, really sad. But miserable, miserable death. If they die, they, you never know what's going to happen. Okay? Just never know what's going to happen. So, but no news. And the, and the frustrating thing about this is that the news cycle wants to cover it, but there's nothing to cover. Right? Just like the Malaysia airline. That was just... Uh, um, the Malaysia airline... I don't know. It's there's so many theories about the Malaysia airline, but I think that um, it might have been shot down. I like that theory. It was shot down in the south, and the U.S. shut it down. Shut down the investigation. It was shot down because there was stuff in it that was American um, technological. I guess you could say things that they didn't want going to China. It was headed to China, right? And so they shot it down, I think. And it's somewhere in the South uh, Indian Ocean there. That, to me, is the most plausible theory. Most plausible. Because if you look at it, it's the U.S. who shut down the investigations. 
And any any theory that's connected to Russia was too wacky. You know that there's a journalist, American journalist, who who pinned this on Russia. His theory is way too wacky. It's just a crazy theory. All right, segment number three. Sayna al Misri. قصص الأولياء أبو الفيض ذنون ثوبان ابن إبراهيم المصري كان أبواه نوبيا نوبيان okay or كان أبوه نوبيا he is نوبيان alright he is نوبيان فائق الشأن وأوحد زمانه علما وورعا وحالا وأدبا سعوا به إلى المتوكل فاستحضره من مصر he was Unique in his knowledge, in his understanding, and everything. But they took him to Al Mutawakkil, the Khalifa. They took him from Nubia, from Egypt, to Iraq, accusing him of saying some heretical things. So let's see what happened. He gave Mutawakkil advice, and the Mutawakkil was moved and he wept. He sent him back to Egypt with wealth, with gifts, with everything nice. Let's put some AC on here. Okay. All right. وكان المتوكل إذا ذكر ذكر بين يديه أهل الورع يبكي ويقول إذا ذكر أهل الورع فحي هل فحي هل So he was a good. Khalifa from the aspect that he would weep when the uh, pious ascetics were mentioned in his presence and mutawakkil and he used to say if the ascetics are mentioned then at the top is the noon وَكَانَ ذُنُّونِ رَجُلًا نَحِيفًا very skinny تَعْلُوهُ حُمْرَةً and he had a redness to him okay the Arabs were divided they used to divide themselves as black and red if you we are all shades of beige to brown, okay? And so if you turned red in the sun, that was made you red. If you turned black in the sun, that made you black. So they divided them. They discussed people like that, okay? Or they you know, they described them like that. وَلَيْسَ بِأَبْيَضِ اللِّحْيَةِ He did not have whiteness in his beard. And the word shakra is very rare for the Arabs, a shakra or humaira is somebody who has uh, colored hair, usually on the yellowish side, blonde side, with colored eyes. And they called such a person ashqar. And that was also, for example, that's Sayyidina Imam Malik's description. Also, um, some mentioned that Sayyidina Umar had those descriptions. But um, the most who had that in the seerah is Sayyidina Aisha. And that's why the Prophet nicknamed her Humaira, because she had a light complexion, and so she turned red easily, and her hair her was was very uh, light, which is a unique, and her eyes colored, very unique for the Arabs to have that. Okay, so when someone did, they were known by that. Waqala Madarul Kalami ala Arba, one of his sayings. General speech in general is on four things: hubbul jalil, bughdul qalil, tibaat tanzil, wa khawfut tahwil. The good speech is on four things. 
love of al-jalil which is allah the love of allah bughd al-qalil okay to hate al-qalil and what does he mean by al-qalil meaning like that you would hate to go to the afterlife with with little good deeds you should hate that ittiba'u tanzil follow the revelation wa khawf at-tahwil and fear tahwil here losing your state okay or fear of going to the afterlife and then you know the fear of hell the fear of all these things qala min alamat al-muhibbi lillah mutaba'ati habibillah sallallahu alayhi wasallam the number one most sign of the love of Allah is to follow his beloved Prophet ﷺ in his akhlaq, his af'al, and all of his sunan. Okay? And that's the truth. You cannot lo- claim to love Allah, but you don't love his messenger. Okay. If somebody says, I believe uh, Islam is true and all that, and they say, okay, Good. Say La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. Say no, no, I refuse to say that. I don't need to say that to be a Muslim. Okay. Oh, not one word is not going to make a difference. Okay. So we say to him, but Allah and His Messenger commanded us to say so. No, no, I don't need that. So we say to you, you are actually lying to yourself and to us. If you truly have something in your heart, then pour it out. It should come out. Okay. If I have something, a fluid in here that is white, if I'm claiming it's white, there's only one way to know. Pour it out. If it comes out red, then I was lying. Furthermore, now let's just take this logically. Like there is a gentleman, he's a nice guy, I guess, but he's munharif. He's not a Muslim. He's like a perennialist type. And um, Constantine, I think his name is. And he says, Muhammad is a messenger. He believes all these things. But I'm not saying the shahad. I don't need to. It's one small little word. It's not going to make a difference. So tell you, if it doesn't make a difference, then say it. Right? Why do you have a problem? It's the submission. And Allah tests our submission with little things. That's why in our religion, little things matter. Hajj, you can't cover your face. You cannot have a garment covering your face. like that. You could put something in front of your face. The sisters who wear niqab, they wear a long brim. And they cover their face so no one sees them, but they're following Allah's law. No, nothing should cover, be over your face like that in ihram. Very minor thing. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, it's not about the cloth. It's about your submission. People say, oh, hijab, what's the big deal? It's just a cloth. Okay, so then put it on then. If it's not such a big deal. Why should that? Are you disagreeing with the measure, the tool of me, the, the standard that Allah has set? Allah has set a measure for you. That's what I'm testing you by. So then, well, why don't I pray Fajr, 17 rakahs, right? I don't have to pray the rest of the day, right? Are you going to set the measure or does Allah set the measure? And Allah sets the measure sometimes high, sometimes low, right? Sometimes he sets it high. And he makes something that in your view is high. It's difficult. In another civilization, another era could be very easy, right? In your view. So it's not about your view. It's the standard Allah set for you. It is a sunnah. When clipping our nails to start with the index finger of the right hand and then do the rest of the right hand, then the rest of the left hand. Someone says, oh, wait, you, you're, I'm actually going to get rewarded. And does that what God, the creator of this whole universe, cares about? Wait, you, are you measuring that Allah has big and small relative to him? There's no big and small for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So don't use your measurement of what's a big deal, what's a small deal. And so, yes, 
this actually, if we want to think about it, it makes perfect sense. Because most human beings will never, ever do something great in their life. But they will compile their commitment to Allah through the obedience of many small things. I'm going to obey Allah in how I'm going to follow the sunnah, how I clip my nails. I'm going to follow the sunnah of when I clip my nails, Thursday night or Friday morning. I'm going to follow the sunnah of entering the bathroom with my left foot, eating with my right hand. All right. Uh, saying 33 tasbih after salah rather than any number that I want. So Allah sets these measures for us and these little litmus tests so that we can express our, it's like you're casting, you're pushing a button. Which side do you want to go on, heaven or hell? Every, you get these little buttons that you get to push or a little marble that you get to put into that bin. But here's the beauty of it. You probably get a thousand a week. There can't be any less than, a th- like right now I have the option, I could drink on my right hand or my left hand. I could take a sip or a gulp. Each one is a sunnah. I could say bismillah, I could not. You probably have, if you really think about it, closer to 10,000 decisions every single week on a sunnah that I will follow or not. And that's why knowledge of more sunnah, forget the farida, we're just talking about sunnah, right? Nawafil, little fada'il that I could follow. And it, does it change my life that I, that I did it? Physically, you'll say, I can't see it change my life. But no, spiritually, in my heart, every single time I do that, it's like I'm, I'm putting, pulling a little lever or I'm putting a little pebble. That pebble, 10,000, you may go in a year, all right? A million little decisions and a million little pebbles. Then what are you going to, what is a beach? other than millions upon millions upon millions of little pieces of sand, right? That makes a gorgeous beach. When we look out at a beach and we want to see a beautiful beach, what are we seeing? Millions upon millions upon millions of little pebbles. And that pebble can be of a nice refined pebble, not pebble, grain of sand, right? Even smaller than a pebble, grains of sand. There's a reason Allah made that and why we love beaches, right? We love beaches. But what is it? Billions of grains of sand produced, producing this beautiful image for us. And every time you want to relax, what do you look at? A beautiful Caribbean ocean, beautiful sand. And each one can be done nicely or badly. Like each little grain of sand could be a nice grain or a, or a bad grain. The finer the grain, the more detail-oriented is the grain, the more beautiful the beach. You feel much nicer when you're walking on your, with your feet and you're laying down on a beach where the, the, the grains are thin and fine. You feel smooth, right? You feel warm, and you could take a nap right there. But then you can go to other beaches where the grain is actually rough, and it's moist, and it's not as nice. It's, you, you, you lay down on some of these dry areas, right? You get up, you just rub the sand off you. Other places, it's moist, it's rough, it's not as nice as a beach, of a beach. This is what our life is like in Islam. Okay, there's... Salah al-Din, Umar ibn Khattab, they come once every thousands of years. The greats, al-Ghazali, the greats. Okay? Don't forget that. Little, tiny, small deeds, you will create a gorgeous beach at the end of your life. But then, usually, for the these awliya, Allah wants to show the people what all of that has earned them. And they will be at a cross in the road that is available for all of us to see. A trust, they're tested. 
in that test is meant to do nothing other than reveal the cumulative result of all their daily habits for years that you didn't see. You didn't see, but Allah wants you to see it now. How is it going to see it? There is going to be a test in the road, a fork in the road, that's going to be very scary to all of us, and they're going to make the decision as they're going to draw on the bank account of Iman, right? And they're going to make the decision so easily, so successfully, they be, that they inspire us, and they re, we realize we have no excuse either, and this is an inspiration for me. And that could happen within the context just of a family, that we don't know the story, but it's the family knows the story, right? Or a community knows the story. And in some cases, the whole Ummah knows the story. How about that little girl? This girl may weigh nothing but 60 pounds. And she's walking and getting heckled by all these Hindu people, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, not Hindu people, like extremists. Not all Hindus are extremists like that, okay? And she puts her hands up like a champion. Allahu Akbar, the whole way down. Like that Iman right there, that moment, Allah, with his wisdom, put her on display. For the whole world to see for that little clip for, for a few months we'd be all looking at that video, right? And took people took inspiration from that. Well, what is that? That's an accumulation of all the little good deeds she did for her whole life. Now Allah's saying, Okay, here we're gonna cash that check right now and show everyone what you have on the inside. And she thinks she's a regular person. Afterwards, no, we as the Ummah decide you're not a regular person. You did something that most people would be like nervous going down that route, scared. Avoid the route altogether. She went right through him. Champion. So that's where tanzil. Um, follow exactly the sign of love of Allah at every little turn. Because if I want to do something, uh, let's say I love business, I can't do business all the time. It takes a long time to do business, right? Start of a deal. Close of a deal could be three years, right? Then I reap the fruit of the deal could be another three years. I can't do business all. If I love basketball, can't play basketball all the time, right? Need space, need time, all that. But if I love Allah and His Messenger and I want to express that, you can literally express it 24 hours a day. That's the beauty of it. No one can stop you. If you love another person, it's wonderful, but it's a double-edged sword. Well, what if that person changes on you? What if that person doesn't like you anymore? What if their heart changes? What if life separates between you two? You're going to be tortured? I'm just going to be chalas? I'm devastated? So love of somebody is excellent as long as it's not a dependency. When it's a dependency, it's not good for you or for them, and it's not true love. It's selfish love. Right? Like all, like a, a leech. A leech loves the shark. Aren't there leeches on sharks? Right? The leech goes on sharks and on other fish. What do you call this, sim, this relationship? Um, symbiotic. Not symbiotic. Parasitic. One way. Parasitic. So a leech goes on to another animal. And the leech loves that animal. But does the animal love the leech? Right? Sometimes it's symbiotic and sometimes it's not. For example, one of the most amazing in the creation of Allah is the crocodile opens its mouth to get air. A bird comes and eats the leftover meat that's in the teeth of the crocodile, thereby cleaning out the teeth of the crocodile. The crocodile never eats that bird. Are you telling me that there's no creator? Okay. The, the knowledge of, a, uh, of an animals, the wahi of animals is their instinct. Okay. 
And Allah says he gave wahi to the bees to build their homes in, in mountains and things like this, right? Uh, it means that Allah Ta'ala inspired, he, he, he inspired their instincts. There is no angel coming and forming the bees. Hey, you have a new revelation from your creator to do this. No. The wahi of animals is instincts. Okay? And so when you look at this, that's a symbiotic relationship. There's an amazing symbiotic relationship. But the problem is that when you are emotionally dependent in a sense that it could drain the other person's battery. Our emotional dependence, yes, it's there, but it's number two after dependence upon our creator. You could, I think you should have some emotional dependence. Otherwise, it's not a relationship, right? You can't be cold like that. You're not a machine. You're not robots. You're human beings. You should be emotionally dependent. Maybe even economic dependence is good, right? It forces people to come together. So I think all these things are actually okay. But where? Number one? No, number two. Such that if this thing was removed from my life, there has to be some sadness, right? Otherwise, what are we? The Prophet himself wept, right? The Prophet loved his Sahaba, okay? Allah offered the Messenger, so I said to him, stay, live forever for your Ummah, to be with your Ummah, or come back to Allah, right? So, but uh, it has to be, so you can be a clear-headed and not become a drain on the person that you purportedly love, that you have to have Allah number one. And then, the people you love. It is a dependency. It is an emotional need. There's no problem with that for us. This, this is Islam. Okay? When you read the books of the Zuhad, uh, nothing but Allah, he's also single. Okay? The Nun and Masjid, I don't know if I think the Nun Masjid, but Ibrahim ibn Adham, all of, absolutely nothing in my heart but Allah. He's single. That's not the example. The example is the Messenger and the Sahaba. That's why Sheikh Sayyid Ramadan Buti talks about this. Talks about how uh, he talks about how uh, you may see the awliya, their expressions are actually contradictory to the Sharia, to the Sunnah, not the Sharia, but the Sunnah. So, what do we understand from that? He said that's their state at that time because it suits them. If you are single, then it actually helps your heart deal with your tribulation to say, I have absolutely nothing in the heart but Allah. Yeah, because you're single. As soon as Allah gives you a child, you hope that child is in your heart but not more than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because then you oppress the child and you oppress yourself that's how we understand things uh, financial economic all those dependencies are wonderful we should have those right like I need uh, the masjid for this but the company needs me for that and so and so and I need them for this they need me for that it's almost like just an excuse to keep us together because like if you, we don't believe in this idea that oh you bother me I'm done with you, that's you're going to be a monster, you're going to be a selfish monster. How about having sabr and recognize that humans need one another, and you're better off that way. I'm telling you, you're better. I've seen a lot of people go that route in life. You'll see them. You'll see them. Uh, they as soon as someone bothers them, I'm done with you. Right? Okay, fine. Be done. Let's see what happens now. You are an intolerable person. Because you have no patience for others, you also have no patience for the people that you want around you. So you become intolerable. Like David Falk, Michael Jordan's agent, right? Sold his company for $100 million. And later that night was seen having dinner alone. Celebrating by himself. He can never have friends. As soon as you come near him, the moment, see there's no two people that are going to be perfect. 
There's always going to be something that requires some sabr from them, right? He has no sabr. The best of people, though, are the people who have a lot of sabr and who actually say that, that this person in front of me, Allah sent them to me. Let me listen to what they have to say. Even if I'm not interested, I should be because Allah sent them to me. So let me listen. Let me absorb, right? And that is the, that's the best of uh, people in terms of relationships. That's the best approach towards relationships. He also said that he was asked, and he said, Who are the worst of people? Those who do not know the path to Allah, nor do they seek to know it. A Moroccan came to the Nun al Misri. He says, Ya Abu al-Faid, ma kana sabu What's the reason that you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Okay. All right. Qala, a'ajabun la tutiquhu. Something so amazing, you won't, you won't be able to grasp it. A'ajabun la tutiquhu. Qala, bi ma'budika illa akhbartani. By the one that you worship, you have to tell me. He said, okay. Told him. فَقَالَ ذُنُّونَ أَرَدْتُ الْخُرُوجَ مِنْ مِصْرَ إِلَى بَعْضِ الْقُرَى I wanted to leave Egypt to go to another city. فَنِمْتُ فِي الطَّرِيقِ فِي بَعْضِ الصَّحَارِ I slept in one of the paths. In the middle of the path is like a desert. I open my eyes فَإِذَا أَنَا بِقَنْبَرَةٍ عَمْيَا سَقَطَتْ مِنْ وَكْرِهَا عَلَى الْأَرْضِ A little baby chick. I woke up from a little baby chick that's blind still. Fell onto the ground. فَانْشَقَّتِ الْأَرْضُ وَخَرَجَتْ مِنْهَا سَكْرَجَتَّانِ إِحْدَاهُمَا ذَابُ وَالْأُخْرَى فِضَّةِ وَفِي إِحْدَاهِمَا سِمْسِمْ وَفِي الْأُخْرَى مَا Lo and behold, the earth cracked. A bowl came up and it had water in it. Another bowl came up and it had sesame seeds in it. فَجَعَلَتْ تَأْكُلُ مِنْ هَذَا وَتَشْرَبُ مِنْ هَذَا So you eat from one, drink from another. I said, حَسْبِ قَدْ تُبْتُ وَلَزِمْتُ الْبَابَ إِلَىٰ أَنْ قَبِلَنِ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلُ He said, that's it. I've now make tawbah to Allah. See the sign of Allah right in front of me. Make tawbah to Allah and hope that Allah accepts me. He says, wisdom does not reside in a full stomach. And he was asked about Tawbah, and he said, the Tawbah of the common man is from sins. The Tawbah of the elite is from heedlessness from Allah. That is the story of the Noon in Misri. And we now go to segment numero quattro. It's not really his story, but his sayings. Segment numero quattro. Q&A from everybody. We'll only take 20 minutes Q&A because i got to go back to that health situation. Okay. Some funny reels here on Instagram. One guy offering uh, their uh, slipper to... Uh, oh, wow. Look at this. Let me show you. The, oh, my goodness. 
let me show you. I got to show you this one. Look at this pelican or whatever it is. It swallowed a whole bunch of fish. And now it's like spitting them back up whole for its babies to eat. Hey, is that a pelican? You should know. Because uh, Soheb is a big bird watcher here. It's a birder. It is an amazing, amazing that how many birds exist, types of birds. This is a humongous bird, okay, that, did you see it? Were you all able to see it? It literally carried all these fish in its throat, and then it removed it back. It just like, uh, now they're just, these birds are, they're eating the fish whole. They don't uh, chew the fish. They just swallow the fish whole. Amazing. Okay. All right, your questions on Instagram. Tafadalu speaketh. Okay. What do we have here? No, you can't. <laughs> is your mic on? Okay. What's it? Is it on your mic? Okay, he asks about working in insurance companies. What is the difference between Vel and Dad? Vel, and there is no the, there is the and Dad, and there is Vel, and Th and Del. Five letters that essentially they can be confused with. So Del and Vel are Muraqqaq. Muraqqaq is like the difference between Dad and Father. That del and del, del del. Then there's okay, sod and bad, mufakham like father, sod and bad. Then there's ta and va, mufakham. Then there's ta and tha, muraqqaq. Those basically to know the difference between these. What are the best duas to make? Says Muhammad Saud. In these days, it's Tilawat al Quran. Tilawat al Quran. What are the Umrah details for next year? Uh, we're waiting on Dar es Salaam. They're busy with Hajj right now. By Muharram, inshallah, they should be able to tell us the Umrah details. We are going for Umrah for youth again this winter. Okay? Umrah for youth is scheduled for this winter. And of course, we're going to do a drive closer to the time that people could donate. What we're going to do is people are going to donate a whole bunch of money and then we're going to reduce everyone's ticket. Targeting public school, it could be, doesn't have to be public school, but targeting high schoolers. Okay. And I, in these day and age, uh, we want them to get that experience before going to college. Right. Why is being a seller recommended in Islam? The Prophet said, nine tenths of risk, wealth is distributed to the merchants. To the traders, people taking a risk, okay, uh, people without a guaranteed income. So, one of the r- rules of wealth in Islam, spiritual laws of wealth in Islam. If we're going to go by the Prophet Sallallahu there are magnets, there are buttons you can push. The first button is be educated about something, learn about something. Okay, Shafi himself said, "If you want akhirah, learn the Deen. If you want dunya, learn the Deen." Right, so knowledge of deen, but also of something in life. فعليك بالعلم he said. In إذا أردت الآخرة فعليك بالعلم وإن أردت الدنيا فعليك بالعلم. 
knowledge. So did he mean ilm shar'i or ilm of the dunya? Either way, be good at something. Be knowledgeable about something. You know, there's a woman in Virginia. She's a regular woman, but she has skin that she wanted to take care of. And she tried this, that, and the other. And then she made her own mix. And she kept making her own mix. Then she said, well, why don't I get a factory to make a whole bunch of my mix? Then why don't I sell my mix? Find someone to make the... So for you to go and you make your own mix, you learned. She learned and she saw it on her own skin. And then she went out there and she did something she'd never done before. How do I contact a factory to make the mix for me? Like, how does this work? She did it. Contact this person, try this, try that. I'm sure many failed in the process. These factories don't always produce what you want. She found the factory that makes it. All right, now we need to put it in a nice bottle, a nice container. How do we do that? All right, make a nice container, design the label. All right, how do we make it approved so we could sell it? All these steps. She did it. She, she did it, and she was at home. I think she was married to a doctor. So she was able to do it. Now she, makes, she, was, she was not working. She makes more than her husband now. I think her husband quit his job and be her manager now, right? <laughs> Doing what? Selling a type of oil or cream or whatever, skin, skincare product that she tried and tested on herself, truly believed in, then went through the hassle of figuring out how that actually works with the supply chain and how do you sell it and how do you get it to the customer and how do you ship it and all that and how do you market it? And now I, I read like before COVID, she was getting like, she made 1.2 million profits, right? So sell some, so alayka bil ilm, number two, wake up early, sleeping in, no. Okay, sleeping in is a recipe for poverty. Case closed. Okay. And sometimes you're going to wake up earlier than others. Not going to every day be the same thing because we have fajr is changing in its time. Aisha is changing. We know that. Suhoor, tahajjud. But sleeping in when the whole world is... Psh, the day's done by 10, 1030 for the, for, the, for the winners of life. The day's over. You go out of these winners, 11 a.m. Day's pretty much over. After the rest of the day is just to touch and base on stuff. Meetings. So... You wake up early, you got to sleep early. Okay. Third, sell something. Sell something. Fourth, make istighfar. He will give you money. He didn't say rizq because that can be interpreted. Right? Health is risk. Time is risk. Right? A, a nice child is risk. Good friends is risk. A sense of humor is risk. But Allah made it explicit. Money. Amwal. Okay. Istighfar. Sadaqah. Tijara with Allah. Do tijara with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You never know which person you give sadaqah someday that touched their heart and that heart is close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they say a, a, da'u, a dua for you. As the youth say today, that's raps. Right? <laughs> Did I say it right? It's trimming the eyebrows. Haram. At trimming them to remove what would be look thickness and masculine is permitted. Shaping them is permitted. However, it's considered zina and it should be covered in front of other men. So therefore, at the end of the day, you just remove what makes it look masculine. That's permitted for you to do. And the Hanafis and Shafi'is, they allow this after marriage. The Madikiyah did not specify after marriage, but they did specify if you're shaping it, that's zina. It's like having makeup. Can't show that in front of strange men. So just removing what would make it look masculine, that is permitted. 
But you cannot do that in the Maliki school in the Ihdad period. Ihdad is four months and ten days if your husband dies. Beautif- all beautification is to, is forbidden at that time. And having, you know, going to parties and things for four months and ten days. What is the ruling on making an intention to attend a gathering? Do I have to verbalize it? No, intention is in your heart and you can count all the possible good deeds that you could do at that gathering. Okay. And also negate from yourself the bad deeds. I intend to go and not envy anybody. I intend to go and not argue with anyone. I intend to not do is more important than what to do. Let's say you intended to smile at somebody and and be nice and share your food, but you also envied and hated and, and got into a fight. Another guy did not hate or envy or get a fight, also didn't share or smile. Which one's better on the uh, in the scale? Oh, right, you scored five goals, but you gave up six. What's the point, right? You you scored only one goal, but you gave up zero. Okay, because you're showing up in by by itself is a hasana, being with the jamaa. Is seeing is someone seeing your aura break your wudu? No, it does not. What is the minimum hair that needs to be removed in umrah? Minimum, according to the Shafi'iyah, is one lock. Wrap uh, a lock of hair around your finger and clip. In the Madiki school, it's a little bit of everything. Even just little snippet of everything. Okay. Cigarettes or shisha, haram. Yes, all of it. Is there in the Madiki school? I think it's like makruh. Is it makruh tahrimi or tanzihi in the Hanafi school? Who knows? I'm not going to say because then people will go do it. Ikhtilaf. Can you, is there a way to find out if someone is on sihr on you or your relative or something like that? Yes, you can. There are some special scholars for that. Okay. Psychology is educating the ego. Tasavvuf is educating the ruh. Yes, good. that's a good way to put it. Is it fine to play games with elements of shirk in them if you don't believe in them? No. Throw the whole thing in the trash. Can tasavvuf cure emotional illnesses like bipolar? Allahu alam, but I would assume that uh, the person who does a lot of dhikr and the person who does not do a lot of dhikr, they cannot be the same. The person who stays on wudu and recites the Quran and follows the sunnah of keeping people's company, going to the masajid, being around people, smiling, saying alhamdulillah, can that person possibly be the same as the one who doesn't? No way. They're not going to be the same. So self is not just actions with your body, it's actions with your heart. Saying alhamdulillah, having sabr, always looking at the bright side, not caring so much about your problems. Other people have bigger problems, Right? Between you and Allah, you can say everything you want. But don't forget there are other people too. Make dua for the ummah. Why so self-centered like this? All right? Go volunteer. Volunteer your time. Go do something for youth. Go do something for the fuqara. You'll find yourself all of a sudden changed. Can't say it's, you're curing a mental illness. I can't go that route. But I can tell you for sure you'll be different. Far improved. And many, many people have told me, psychiatrists have told me, most depressed people are self-centered. Can you believe that? Psychiatrists told me that the depressed people are self-centered. They never think about others. It's always themselves, 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 themselves. It's self-centered. And then if you keep looking at the mirror, trying to get feel so good, you're going to find flaws in your face. If you keep looking at your life, you're going to find flaws. Why don't you then look at others then and try to help them? All of a sudden, you, you transform. Do you have women classes at MBIC? I know a revert near you. Bring them fr- this Friday night. We have a talk and a dinner after Maghrib. Wait, uh, sorry, seven thirty. Seven thirty. 
Can I come at, to MBIC and hang out? Where should I stay? Well, where are you from? What's Are you like driving in or you need a place to, to sleep? Um, as for places to sleep, we do have hotels here, but you can come to MBIC tonight, Thursday night. One hour before Maghrib will be there. By the way, they put out the rugs. This is a message for Uthman. Um, they put out the rugs. But nonetheless, I think we should have class on the on the side wall because for the reason if we have class at the front and the women and men are sitting there now the men coming from maghrib we're gonna have to cut, cut class short but if we're on the side wall right if we're on the side wall then all the men will go to the front we could still have class right up to the event of maghrib so inshallah tonight we'll still have class on the right side um we don't have to put the stage out but we could still have class on the right side even though I don't put the small stage out, it takes two seconds to put it out. But we'll still have class on the right, okay? Not in the front. Because um, it'll allow us to go all the way to the Adhan of Maghrib without the sisters feeling uncomfortable. What is the correct way to move your finger in the Madiki school like this? In a circle or back and forth? Like this. But you hold your, th- your, your finger in your hand like this. Okay? Not fully clasped, loosely clasped. And you stick your finger out. You mentioned how sins have consequences before, but isn't this, this the same as cause and effect? Wouldn't Toba entail no effect in this life? Sins have guilt. Uh, 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 you are guilty in sight of Allah for certain matters, and you have reaped upon yourself a harm in certain matters. Okay? And when you make Toba, you remove what is between you and Allah. But the the spill the bad effect is still still there and you may suffer pain because of that let's take an example you chit-chatted with a girl in the haram you got emotionally attached to the girl okay she cut you off okay now you're in pain make toba to allah oh allah i'm sorry i did that right i'm guilty for that now your guilt is gone but you still haven't removed the pain of being ignored. You need more ibadah, more dhikr to help you remove that pain. Okay? Or, how about this? Worse. You ignored your family for 20 years to build up a business. You built the business up. Now you realize, oh my gosh, my family, they don't even know me, they don't like me, they're all messed up. You make toba for that. You go to hajj, I make toba for all that. Now I'm going to start being better. Do you think... You're changing 20 years like that? It doesn't work like that. You need more toba, And the toba for that is doing the opposite of what you did. So I ignored them. Now I paid them attention. And you do a lot of ibadah. And you try to fix your thing. And hopefully, in a few years, maybe things will... But maybe not. Maybe your son's already lost in La La Land. Right? Deal with it now. You did it. However, if you draw near to Allah Ta'ala, it won't be with that attitude. It will be a bad thing. But it'll be a struggle that you find joy in it. Or it'll be something that ends up being for the greater good. However, it takes a lot of ibadah to, to undo that. Especially harming another person. It takes a lot of effort to undo those things. Okay? So that's an example of that. Where can we purchase Qaribatul Masalik?
Let's go to the publisher's website. Dar. Can they please just write me the name of the publisher? Do they have to write it in a puzzle that I have to figure out? Just, just write, just write the name of the. Uh, okay, Dar Najibaway Al Marifa Al Maghribiya Dar Najibaway Al Maghribiya. You know, there uh, because the dot's not filled in for Al Maghribiya. That's no Al Marifiya. Sorry, Al Marifiya. Dar Najibaway Al Marifiya. You can call them, WhatsApp them. Okay, I'm not going to read this too long. Numbers too long, but look it up. Dar Najibaway Al Marifiya. Okay. Can I do dhikr while watching lightly entertaining contents? Yeah, probably istighfar. Okay. Is it permissible to read Quran without moving your lips in your mind? Yes, but it doesn't. It's that's it doesn't necessarily have the same reward, but it's not free of reward either. And usually that's good when you're trying to go to sleep. And you review your Quran in your mind without moving your tongue because you're too tired, but you review it in your mind. And it does have a positive effect on you. No one says that's raps, says what what. Well, according to our youth in New Jersey, they have a different opinion. I hear them saying it all the time. Didn't they say it's chalk now? It's chalk? How does does a fad not even last a year anymore? (laughs) SubhanAllah. Hey, young man, do you say that's raps? What do you say? Huh? He says no. Hmm? He says no. No? Can I almost... What is it? It's clipped. It's edited out. <laughs> you skipped my question. Rambutan. Let's go to Rambutan's question. And this will be our last question. He's got to run early today. Rambutan. Don't tell me. Let me give you advice. Don't tell me you skipped the question. Just put the question again. Okay. Rambutan. I'm happy to clarify my question. All right. Let's keep going back. They can see my question already. All right. Here we go. Ibn Ashur's tafsir on Surah Al-Layl. Mu'usnida ila nahari tajalli madhan lah. I don't know what that means. Al-Busara. No, I just don't know what it means. What does he mean by Al-Busara? Al-Busara. It would make more sense if he said Al-Umi. Okay. He basically said that it's, it's just something in the tafsir of Surah Al-Layl that even the busarat benefit from the day, which should be even the blind benefit from the day, right? So there must be something we don't understand about this. Because you wouldn't say even even the people who see benefit from the daytime. No, it should be even the blind benefit from the daytime. Because they do. The sun hits their body and they get warm. U.S. Coast Guard Conference at 3 p.m. Well, if it was any good news, they would have. 
imploded. So they died of drowning, all the people? Oh, oh, okay. So it didn't open up. They got all got crushed in an instant, in a moment. So they didn't have to suffer for all those days. And, um, okay, we'll have to hear about that. Um, tonight, an hour before Maghrib, Maghrib in our time here in the state of New Jersey is 8.32 p.m. So 7.30 p.m. Darul Fatih and Arcview combined class on Tasawuf. Reading from the book of Sidi Ahmad Zarruq, Qawa'idu Tasawuf. It's 200 and some Qawa'id. We're not going to get to it all summer, but the, we're going to get foundational brick and mortar of this field. Then we pray Salat al-Maghrib. We keep the same link on the same link. We're not changing the link. will be our night of remembrance of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We come into that? Where are you going back to San Francisco? San Francisco. Uh, what did you come here for? A work meeting? Uh, family. Family. So who's your family here? My sister had a baby in Albany. Do we, oh, in Albany. Okay, mashallah, mashallah. So you had Kim JFK and drive three hours up to Albany. Yeah. So people in Albany, when they want to take a flight, they have to drive three hours? They can fly in Albany. There's just no direct flights. No direct. So you're going to have to take, uh, okay, fair enough. SubhanAllah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Jazakumullah khairan. Subhanak Allahumma bihamdik nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk wal asr innal insana lafi khusr illa alladhina amanu wa amilu s-salihat wa tawasaw bil haqq wa tawasaw bis sabr wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Oh